Hi there, welcome to the Matthias Barker Podcast. My name is Matthias, I'm a psychotherapist in Spokane, Washington, and this podcast is about mental health and moving towards what's meaningful, even despite hardship. Today we're talking about intimacy and closeness with the person you love. And this podcast is close to my heart for a couple reasons. I um, I originally did this podcast about eight months ago, and I got lots of messages from people after it just talking about how kind of some of the tools that I shared from the Gottman Method in this in this video were so tangibly and maybe uh, what's the right way to describe it? It was it was the kind of tool that you can just hear and then you can put into practice like the same day and then see a tangible difference within a short amount of time. Not every psych tool is like that. Some of them are kind of abstract. Some of them are, I don't know, kind of take some practice. They take some time. These tools are really cool because, well, it's something that, that you can see kind of same day differences in how you're trying to reach out to your partner or maybe noticing the ways that you haven't been reaching out or been making some, I don't know, putting up some boundaries that didn't have to be there. So that's that's what's really cool about this podcast. It, I, I got a lot of feedback that it was super helpful. So that's neat. Secondarily, though, that the Gottman method, um, their whole institute, the, the, you know, the team of researchers that kind of came up with a lot of this brilliant content, they reached out to me after seeing this talk and they asked that I would give a similar talk um, on their channel, on their Instagram channel. Um, kind of summarizing the way that I did their theory of bids. And that was super cool. It was kind of just at a nerdy, like, I don't know, kind of fanboyish way of like, whoa, like I did not expect that they would, you know, come knocking. So that was, that was pretty neat. Um, I got to share that on their Instagram page and that partnership with them is something that uh, I just, is super meaningful to me. They've, they've really made a big difference, not just in my clients' lives, but in my own. And and really with the tools that you'll hear about in a minute, um, in kind of their larger theory, just more generally, you know, I feel like I've gotten to be way more present with the people that I love, um, that I've been able to more closely attend and listen to some of the deepest, most meaningful things that the people in my life have to share with me. So I'm excited um, in more ways than one to share this with you. Hope you enjoy feel in love and, and I'm not talking like infatuation and like teenage butterflies I'm talking about the real substantive emotional warmth that feeling of if you're interested in something you're excited about something you want to tell them first if uh, you have spare time you want to spend it with them um, that feeling of just being drawn and wanting to be near and trusting them maybe even at your lowest low like they're the person that you go to um, and, and it's less like, it's less like desire, it's more like, like vulnerability. Like the danger of being completely seen and completely known. Um, and that being met with acceptance and love and warmth. That's love. And that's the love that can be sustained over time. That's love that can actually move out into the future and it doesn't have to dwindle out. It's not like... That's not immature, that's not infatuation, that's like the substance of it. It's that trust, that warmth, that closeness. And I want to talk about how to maintain that. I want to talk about maybe how to recapture that. If you feel like maybe you're in a marriage right now where, where what I just described feels pretty far off. It feels um, too good to be true. I want to talk about it. 
because that is possible and we've seen it to be possible. And so like a lot of what I want to talk about today is actually, it's actually the second part of marriage counseling because um, the first part of marriage counseling is typically very centered on conflict resolution and how to have conflict in a way that builds trust and builds closeness and doesn't like erode intimacy. Um, it's addressing things like resentments and wounds in the relationship. And that's good. That's, that's kind of a whole nother video though. That's, that's a whole, you know, domain in itself to discuss. What I want to talk about today is actually the second part. It's the, it's the part where we focus on kind of rebuilding after we've, I don't know, kind of um, exterminated the resentment <laughs> after we've fumigated the place. How do we actually remodel and rebuild something good that we want to live in? That's kind of the idea. Um, so what we're going to be talking about today in part is actually uh, Gottman's theory of bids. And, and Gottman's a marriage researcher. He's, he's the marriage researcher. He's the guy who spent um, 40 years of his life with his wife um, in their lab, you know, just studying and looking at relationships and trying to kind of understand what are the things that break down trust and break down intimacy and what are the things that build trust and intimacy, right? And so tens of thousands of couples have come through his lab, he's researched, and, and he came with some pretty insightful conclusions. That I'm, I'm going to be sharing just a piece of his research today around his theory of bids because um, we're always trying to get each other's attention. Um, usually about fairly mundane things and it's a lot of people think that it's kind of like the big gestures of affection it's the it's like uh, the anniversaries and the birthdays and the uh i don't know the valentine's day gifts like that's that's what really um fosters romance but but it's not what he found was like it was actually very mundane everyday exchanges that made or uh, that either made the relationship or broke the intimacy that people were experiencing so, for example, like, let's say that you and I are out to dinner and, and I have a bowl of pasta and I'm like, you gotta try this pasta. Like, you gotta try it. This is just incredible. And you have a few different ways that you can respond to me. You could say something like, um, I, you know I don't like pasta. Why are you even asking me to try that? No, I'm gonna eat my own food. You eat your food, I'll eat my food. I'm not trying your pasta. That's an option. You know, so that would be um, categorized as turning against. So someone bids for your attention and then you turn against them harshly. That would be one chance. And, and you know, it doesn't even have to be that overt. Like it could, you could just act that out and it would be the same thing. So I'm like, hey, you try a bite of the pasta and you can go, Ugh, and you grab the spoon. And... Great, you happy? You know, so that's an option. That, that would be a way of um, almost trying to punish the person for getting your attention. Right? Or you try the bite and you, and you talk about how terrible the pasta is or how silly they are for choosing that on the menu or how could you even like this? Like, so you can, you can punish someone for trying to get your attention. That's one option. Or you can, um, you can kind of just be passive about it. Not really quite punishing, not really quite harsh, but it's still not turning towards them. It's still not actually engaging with them. It's still fairly negative. And so it, it could be just like straight up ignoring them. And so you could be like, Hey, try this pasta. And I'm just over here like, you know, and I don't even, I don't even acknowledge you. Or you could be like, try this pasta. And you're like, no, I'm fine. Um, and you don't take an interest in anything. Or you can turn positively. You can turn towards the person who's trying to get your attention. I'm like, here, try this, try this. And you're like, okay. And then you take a bite of it and you're like, oh, interesting. And you can even say like, oh, not my thing. But but you're not trying to um, discourage or or be negative. You're actually taking an interest in why they find it interesting and then giving them the satisfaction of sharing something positive with you. And we do this in all sorts of things. It could be um, sharing something funny you saw on the internet, wanting to show your partner a new TV show that you got into, wanting to, uh, I don't know, you're just driving and you see like a deer on the side of the road. You're like, oh, look, a deer. And what you'll notice is that people have routines, people have habits about how they're reactive to their partners. And be like, stop bothering me. Don't see him doing something like, 
you know, I, don't interrupt me, you know, you, or, you know, punishing them, like, oh, okay, yep, a deer, good, You're, watch the road. Or turning towards and just acknowledging the deer, like, oh, cool. You know, so there's these positive moments or these negative moments that are littered in our relationship. And, and what Gottman found is that for every negative reaction, you have to have at least five positive reactions just to keep an equilibrium. It's kind of a wake-up call, isn't it? I know it was for me. It's like, if you're not responding positively to their bits of attention five times more than you're responding negatively, what they found was that the partner will actually stop trying to get your attention. And maybe you feel that way about your partner. Maybe it's like, you don't share with them the, I don't know, the interesting thing you saw online, the, the thing that you see out the window. You don't ask your partner to try, you know, this food that's so delicious because because you know the response he'll get. You know they'll turn against you or they'll turn away. And, and it's not worth it. And that's where they've seen emotional warmth completely decline. Is um, In the mundane, everyday things. Um, more often than not, it's, it's not like the big, giant fight. It's not the major wounds. It's the everyday moments where people choose to either engage or turn away from each other. So watch how you're reactive. It has a huge impact on the quality of your relationship. And, and here's maybe another thing to think about. It's not just the reactivity, but the proactivity in your relationship. Um, are you still trying to get to know your partner? And this might sound kind of weird for some of us because we've been dating or uh, married to our partner for a while. Um, I don't know, some of you might have been together for 25, 30, 50 years, who knows? But what happens, and this is what a lot of people don't maybe know just intuitively, is, is it's not necessarily that we know our partner super well when we're with them for a long time. It, it could be that we're used to the same routes that we take in, you know, in navigating our partner. And so, and so for example, like when I drive to work, um, I'm pointing to the road. <laughs> that's, that's to my right here. Uh, there's, I, I take three turns to get to work. Like I drive from the street where my house is on up to the interstate. I get on the interstate and then I get off the interstate and then I just drive straight to get to my job. So super easy. I could do it in my sleep. Um, but however, if you told me, Matthias, don't use the interstate to get to and from work. You have to use a different route. I, I might be screwed because I don't, I don't know if I could get home. I, um, it might take me like an hour because, uh, because I don't know. I, I know how to get to work. I do. And I know where my house is. I do. But if you told me to get there on an unfamiliar route, I might have a hard time with it. And maybe that's the case for you. Maybe if someone just dropped you in your city and said, don't use any road you've ever used before and get home, you might have a hard time with it. And what we do in couples counseling is I ask couples to do that very same thing with their relationships. I'm like, navigate your partner in ways you haven't before. Um, navigate a date. Ask them questions you haven't asked them before. And see if you know them as well as you think you do. You want to be able to have a... Hold on. Okay, that's better. Uh, you want to navigate your partner intentionally. That's the point. You want to actually proactively be trying to get to know your partner and responding positively, taking interest in things that they're interested in and not even necessarily for the sake because because maybe maybe you're not interested in what your partner is interested in. Maybe you don't like barbecue or you know, like like for me, like some of my hobbies right now are like pottery and barbecue. And I and I like to make like really clear cocktail ice, um, you know, for making different drinks and stuff. I want it to look like glass. And so I spend a lot of time <laughs> like crafting and carving my ice and and Paige has no interest in 
ice, you know, so, but, but she takes an interest and is excited because, you know, when I make her a cocktail and then I'm really excited to present it to her with like this really, you know, this ice that I spent hours, you know, making in the fridge, it feels exciting to share with her. And, and I don't even need her to be as excited about it as I am, but just responding positively to something that I put a lot of time into really creates emotional warmth. It makes me fall in love with her when she takes an interest in the things that I know that she's not really into, but when she tastes my brisket and, and she doesn't really like brisket all that much, but I spent 12 hours making it. And so she'll eat it because, and she'll like, wow, I, it's so tender. And, and I know that it's not her favorite, but, but she does that for me because she loves me. And I do that for her in other ways too. And, uh, having that intentionality of taking an interest in what your partner finds interesting Having an intentionality over exploring things in your partner is what's gonna really bring love back into your relationship. That's what makes you fall in love with someone, is when you feel seen and known, loved and accepted in the small things, not just in the big fights, not just in the core values and the everyday mundane things. So I wanna challenge you with something um, today I want you to think, maybe as you're watching this video, before you, maybe maybe you're watching this in the evening, maybe um, you're watching this before you go to work, whatever. The next time you get a chance to sit with your partner, I want you to think about a few questions that you wanna ask them to explore them in ways that you haven't explored before. Like like a good one that I just asked uh, Paige last night was, what was your, what's your favorite item of clothing? You know, like what stuff are you really enjoying right now? How do you feel like your fashion sense has changed from even just a couple years ago. What do you think you're interested in now that was different? You know, and we had a whole conversation for like an hour about clothing and she's pregnant right now. So she was just talking about maternity clothes and how frustrating it is to find, you know, clothes that she really enjoys, you know, seeing herself in. And that actually led to a conversation that now I actually know how to love her and what kind of gifts or, um, or just what kind of priorities to push for. It helps me see her in new and interesting ways. And it was just a mundane conversation over like, what's your favorite shirt right now? And, and that has roots in very actually deep parts of your relationship and how they're experiencing this season of life. Press in. Press in to knowing your partner in ways that you didn't know them before. If this podcast was meaningful for you, you might enjoy my couples workshop, talking about conflict and how to talk about the things that matter to us most. You can find that at MatthiasJBarker.com.